Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. Well, welcome back to the Core Perform Corner, everyone. We are here today with Dr. Bain, who is with Microbiome Labs. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got started with Microbiome Labs? Sure. Um, <clears throat> Microbiome Labs really spun out of uh, frustration. Uh, frustration with the probiotic market, the, the lack of science that was in the probiotic market. Uh, it seemed like everyone was following marketing ideas versus science. And uh, we, we felt that there was an opportunity to uh, really look and clinically study probiotics, finished formulas, study those finished formulas and, and look for different benefits in patients, particularly, you know, we, we focused on a metabolic endotoxemia, leaky gut. Um, that was, we felt like if a probiotic was going to be of some benefit, then it would, it would probably improve the circumstances around a, a leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And so we started testing that with, with our different types of bacteria. We settled on a group of spore-based bacteria uh, that we had learned about through a professor at the University of London. And, um, and we worked with him and, and put together uh, a blend of different spore-based probiotics. Um, initially, I launched it into my uh, family practice in the Chicago area, uh, just kind of experimenting with patients and seeing how they reacted to the formulation. So do you specialize in gut health? I do. I, 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 I don't anymore. I mean, I, I did at the time when we started the company. I, I, uh, I had a, I've been in the functional medicine field for 25 years. Um, I had a, a practice in the northern suburbs of Chicago where uh, probably about 80% of what I did was digestive health, mm -hmm. a lot of Crohn's and colitis patients mm -hmm. in, in the area, and, um, and I just had a family practice, but I was frustrated with the, the products that were in the marketplace and the lack of evidence and, and then the lack of clinical benefits that I was seeing. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so we took the opportunity and started Microbiome Labs and did our first human clinical study in 2017. And, and uh, showed that we could reduce uh, leaky gut in humans. Um, and what was that measured by a marker of? So what we did is it was a, it was a really interesting study. Um, a professor at University of North Texas had found this system where he would give patients a high fat, high caloric meal, and he would test the amount of circulating LPS mm -hmm. in their bloodstream. Lipopolysaccharide is mm -hmm. a waste product in your, in, in, in your microbiome, it's it's from the death of beneficial bacteria or any, any gram-negative bacteria, really. Which is very elevated in patients who have SIBO, candida mm -hmm. going on, Correct. a lot of these things, Correct. right? Correct, yeah. So the, when the LPS it normally goes out in your stool, it's not a problem. When it spills into your bloodstream, mm -hmm. then the reaction your body has is very inflammatory. There's a lot of mm -hmm. cytokine-based inflammation. And and, uh, and that's and why we see a lot of acne, too, that comes exactly. up on people's faces yeah. when it's really rooted at a digestive issue. Exactly. 
exactly. And so uh, what we found is that healthy volunteers, mm -hmm. people absence of conditions, symptoms, anything like that, 55% of them had leaky gut. They mm -hmm. showed a five to six X spike mm -hmm. in their uh, LPS levels in their bloodstream five hours after the meal. Mm -hmm. So that was our system. Okay, they eat this high fat, high caloric diet. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was McDonald's breakfast mm -hmm. um, or and one, we did it with McDonald's breakfast and we did it with um, a cheese pizza from a, from a gas station. Mm -hmm. So we, we fed people these disgusting meals and we monitored and we checked their blood and we saw that five hours after they got this five to six X spike in LPS in their bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So we sent them home, no change in diet lifestyle, mm -hmm. take 30 day supply of the probiotic. Now question, were they eating the pizza and like was that their modern typical so they, diet? So these were or? all college students. So okay. they were they were between the ages of 18 and 31. No okay. one was doing anything good for the microbiome. Right. They were college students. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, they did it, took the probiotic for 30 days, came back, did the test meal again, mm -hmm. and monitored it. And we showed compared to placebo that we could reduce the circulating LPS in the bloodstream uh, by more than 70 percent. Okay. So so basically we and and, uh, and a lot of smart people. The next question is, how does it work? Mm -hmm. That part we don't know yet, mm -hmm. right? It's uh, we don't exactly know the mechanism of action of how it fixes the leaky gut. I mean, we know what actions are going on and what it's doing while it's in the microbiome. We know that it's changing the uh, a dysbiotic mm -hmm. microbiome into a, a healthier microbiome. We know it's doing that, and and but the actual mechanisms we're still working on that and mm -hmm. trying to iron out the exacts mm -hmm. of why we're able to reduce the circulating LPS like that. Um, we, but we know we can. Mm -hmm. And what that does, overnight, that opened up the door for every digestive disorder that you know mm -hmm. of, uh, every autoimmune disease that you know of has this metabolic endotoxemia, this leaky gut, either Most as- Most chronic diseases, I would say. It's basically, if you're a pra healthcare practitioner, it's 99% of the people that walk in your front door, mm -hmm. you know? So, so we had now had a product that was clinically tested. Mm -hmm. We had a peer-reviewed article published that showed that we could change this in humans. And so that's when we exploded. So what made you choose, and maybe we can even take a step back, what's the difference between a spore-based probiotic and a bacterial-based probiotic? Well, so it's, it's interesting, um, and, and this was the frustration of where, where the company kind of was built from, but, you know, the, and let's talk, you know, 10 years ago when we started the company. So 10 years ago, the, the predominant idea is I'm going to eat these bacteria, these bacteria are going to go colonize my digestive tract, they're going to live happily ever after and squeeze out the bad guys. Right. Okay. That's never ever been supported by any clinical data, yes. ever, <laughs> yes. ever, right? So what we did, the first thing we did, we were looking at is, you know, how, how, if you're telling me this does it, then, then how does this bacteria end up living in what is largely an anaerobic environment? Mm -hmm. if, it's a, if you're telling me it's alive in the capsule and I can look at it under a microscope and it's, the bacteria are moving, then there's some kind of aerobe, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're living in an oxygen-rich environment and they're alive. If I put them in a, an oxygen-deprived environment, they'll die, right? And which is what they do, they die. And, and so, so even, when, you know, the story they were telling just wasn't making sense from so many different angles, mm -hmm. you know? And, and the most common probiotic sold is lactobacillus acidophilus. Mm -hmm. 
Lactobacillus acidophilus makes up less than 1% of your microbiome. If, it actually, if we actually were doing what we said we were doing, we would have been making people sick. Mm-hmm. We'd have been making their microbiomes redundant, mm-hmm. you know, having less strains in it. Mm-hmm. The diversity is what makes your microbiome healthy. Mm-hmm. So what the idea with the spores, the spores are the predominant bacteria that you see in aquaculture and agriculture. And you know why that is? Because the farmer can measure his results. Mm-hmm. Farmer's like, well, I'll give the cow these probiotics, but if it doesn't help, I'm not mm-hmm. giving them to them. Mm-hmm. And so, and the ones that they give are spores mm-hmm. because they get change. They know that they can reduce ammonia or th- different things like that, that, that we've learned over the years that are beneficial in animal health and in um, aquacultures and things like that. So, so it's the predominant bacteria that's used in industries where the results are measured mm-hmm. and, and, and they can tell whether it's, it's benefiting or not. But not really, wasn't really being, they weren't really being used in human health. Mm-hmm. And what we found was that they were very unstable. Mm-hmm. And that was the challenge. So we actually, our scientific team spent six years figuring out how to keep it stable. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the spore-based probiotics that you see in the marketplace now, um, they call them spore bacteria. They're, they're bacteria that can be in a spore form, but in that capsule, the majority of them are not. Mm-hmm. They're at most, 30% spore form. So the Microbiome Labs products, our secret sauce is that we're 100% spore form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that delivers, because if it's not in spore form, just like the bifidobacteria and lactobacillus, it's not gonna survive through the stomach acid. So what makes it in spore form? So some bacteria have, as part of their life cycle, the ability to sporulate. Mm-hmm. And they do it typically in response to an environment that's not an environment they like. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's no food, maybe the temperature's not comfortable for them, whatever it may be. So they dehydrate themselves and basically go into a dormant state. Mm-hmm. What, what, in order to be able to, to grow spore-based bacteria, you have to ferment them up mm-hmm. and, and then, then they're active. They're in their vegetative state. They're moving around, they're making babies and mm-hmm. doing what bacteria do. Um, when we're done with that process, we then have to shock them back into mm-hmm. spore form. And that's a proprietary thing that our, our, our scientists figured out how to do. So, so then we know when we deliver four, five billion spores, we know that those four or five billion are getting right to the small intestine mm-hmm. and being delivered. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is they're like the police. They're in relatively small numbers compared to all the other bacteria, but they keep order. Mm-hmm. Um, they identify the pathogens. Mm-hmm. They use quorum sensing, which is how bacteria talk to each other. And they can identify the pathogens and then they fight with them. They have, first they'll fight for food or space. If that doesn't work, they have the ability to actually turn and produce 25 different antibiotics mm-hmm. to kill down bacteria that aren't supposed to be there. So, and then they pass through. They, they don't, they, they spend about three weeks from mouth out to your toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. So, so they don't colonize and live in your digestive tract forever and ever. Um, they're transient bacteria, but while they're there, they're cleaning house. Mm-hmm. And they're creating an environment that's conducive for the bacteria that you have in your microbiome to increase in its numbers. So no matter what you've done, if you've taken IV antibiotics for mm-hmm. 10 years, 
you still have a signature of, of bacteria that you got from your mom. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take an antibiotics for 10 years, you, you probably have a lot of yeast and a lot of other things that have mm -hmm. taken the place right. of the, a lot of the bacteria that you've killed off. But that signature that's you, that's literally like your fingerprint, mm -hmm. you always have that, no yeah. matter what you do. And if you feed that, mm -hmm. you can bring it back. Mm -hmm. and, and that's supported by science. Yeah, I've been reading recently the literature that's been published about how you have this long-term microbiome versus a short-term microbiome. And in order to re-inoculate that long-term microbiome, it has to do a lot of how you were birthed mm -hmm. um, and then also um, how you were fed growing up as a child. You basically got 800 days to mm -hmm. get your microbiome straight because with about two and a half years of age, mm -hmm. your immune system takes a snapshot of what your microbiome looks like at that point and fights to keep it looking like that for mm -hmm. the rest of your life mm -hmm. so if you've just had antibiotics you've had tubes put in your ears you're eating sugar refined sugar and mm -hmm. processed food that microbiome looks awful mm -hmm. and now your immune system is fighting to keep it to look awful mm -hmm. right that's when you have chronic disease that's mm -hmm. when you have patients that are you know they, they're, they're sick as children they, they they continue to have problems as adults their diet got multiple different diagnoses uh, their digestive problem turned into an autoimmune disease, right? So this is this chronic process. So who is a spore-based probiotic for, and who could it not be for also? So the thing about it is is that, um, you know, let's talk about um, yours and my great-grandmothers, mm -hmm. okay? Wherever your great-grandmother and my great-grandmother were on this planet, when they ate an apple, it was covered in spores. Mm -hmm. these, were, these are bacteria that are everywhere in our environment mm -hmm. but now fast forward to where we are now poor farming practices pesticides herbicides everything have destroyed the environmental population of bacteria so normally we would go to a, we would have a salad we would eat an apple we would have these types of foods and we would get a daily supply mm -hmm. of these spores we'd have maybe two or three billion of them a day that we would be exposed to and so um, that's gone so so there's and these spores are different and these spores are different than things like mushroom or fungi that we would eat in our diet as well for sure these are bacteria mm -hmm. these are bacteria they're just in a dormant state mm -hmm. waiting until they get to a place that looks like your small intestine mm -hmm. right it's warm the ph is is such there's food around then now they're happy now they come out of their shell mm -hmm. and they start doing their job so is um have you ever had anyone and i don't know if this is too much but use um, spore-based probiotics in like an enema state where we're doing like fecal transplant matter kind of things and so more in the colon versus the small intestine when you are someone who puts out there that you help all kinds of patients mm -hmm. invariably you attract a certain level of client of that is not the typical mm -hmm. patient that you would see um, they're, they've been sick for a long time, uh, they're struggling emotionally, they're just about willing to do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have used the spores in that manner. Mm -hmm. uh, I've also used them in bacterial vaginosis in, mm -hmm. a, in a douche. Uh, the challenge is though, if you see what the spores do as they move from mouth mm -hmm. to the toilet bowl, there's so many benefits to your immune system along the way mm -hmm. that if you were to do it as an enema, you would only be getting that last little mm -hmm. uh, competitive exclusion type mm -hmm. benefit. You'd get none of the microbiome modulating changes. Mm -hmm. You get none of the immune 
boosting components to it. Mm -hmm. so, I, I, so I typically don't recommend it. I typically, we have a number of clients who are colon hydrotherapists, mm -hmm. and so they've experimented with it, and we've talked about it, and they're like, you know, to be honest, I can't really say I see much. Mm -hmm. It's like, right, other than some competitive exclusion, I wouldn't expect you to see much. Right. Um, so so I, I've convinced many of them to, you know, use those other bacteria for mm -hmm. those types of inoculations, but have the spore go through the track that it normally gets through to get there. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about best practices when it comes to probiotics, is there a certain time of day or? With food. With, right? okay, I'm so glad you say ha, that. Ha, ha, right? I'm so glad you that. I just say turned that. this whole conversation upside down, right? No, well, no, because I've always been preaching like, you gotta have it with food, because we think about it, what feeds the probiotics, right? right. And what is our data that's showing us about um, cultured things and things like that. It helps to break down the food, absorb the nutrients. You need the bacteria to do that. However, when I look at the literature, a lot of companies and a lot of the literature is also promoting that you take the probiotic at night. First, like last thing on yeah. an empty, quote, stomach. Right. Because it helps to inoculate the gut. And I'm questioning. So here's, here's the thing. All right, you're using logic mm -hmm. and experience mm -hmm. and knowledge mm -hmm. okay that has nothing to do with why they're recommending you to take it before bed they're not using any of those things mm -hmm. there's a purely a marketing play hmm. right they're saying take it at night because they're telling they know mm -hmm. the bacteria dies in the stomach acid oh. so they're saying if we take it at night there's less stomach acid but it still doesn't change the story. You still have an aerobic organism trying to live in an anaerobic environment. Right. You still have the acidic nature of the stomach. Right. Even if there's less, there's still some. Right. It's still gonna have, you're still gonna have the challenges. I'm, I'm so about like symbiotics, guys. We right. have a prebiotic and we have a probiotic. You gotta put them together. <laughs> exactly, well, so, so what we found, and, and this is another thing, you can actually do tests where you can observe what your probiotic does in all the different compartments of mm -hmm. the digestive tract. It's, it's a, like an in vitro, in vitro model, but it's, it, it's a, you're able to see like how does the probiotic behave in the small intestine? How does it behave in the ascending colon, the transverse colon, the mm -hmm. descending colon, right? And you can see this, and, and it's, a, it's an experiment that's done in, in universities. No probiotic companies do this. Mm -hmm. And the reason they don't do it is because they don't, it's it doesn't expensive. do anything. Mm -hmm. and it's really not that expensive. If you're, if you're a big probiotic company, you should be able to afford one of these, these mm -hmm. research studies. It's not that expensive, but they don't do it because there is no outcome. Mm -hmm. They don't change, the environment doesn't, isn't impacted by them being there. Mm -hmm. And so, so, that, so they don't bother with it, mm -hmm. right? So, so the idea of taking probiotics when there's no food is, is a marketing ploy on, around this idea of knowing that you can't get past stomach acid. When we do those Shime studies, we see that the back, our bacteria functions 20% more when there's food present. Mm -hmm. When there's protein and there's sugar for it to be consuming when it comes out of spore form, it functions 20% more than mm -hmm. it otherwise would if there were no food. So clearly they just want to be fed. Mm -hmm. and, and so we always say take the bacteria before or after your meal. Um, that's the ideal time to take it. So tell me what your favorite product is that you guys release, because I'm most familiar with Megaspore. And is that the one that you had originally had stated that kind of launched the company with yes. the seven strains? Okay. Yeah, that's the hero product. You know, we, we, we were a one product company for almost four years. Mm -hmm. um, it was really the inflammatory bowel patients mm -hmm. that pushed us to create more products. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
uh, it was uh, you know where we'd get some improvement with some of the inflammatory bowel patients, but not enough. We were like, we need something else, mm -hmm. so we brought in some other products. Um, Megaspore is the game changer. Mm -hmm. it, it really is when it's when people are coming into the functional medicine environment for the first time, or people are, are trying a probiotic for the first time. Um, it's it's almost the only thing you need for for many patients who show up on you know with digestive issues or uh, autoimmune type issues is, is the, the change you get just from that product is is so intense and so so quickly visible to the patient how quickly you know i mean i i've seen it be immediate hmm. now that's not everybody sees mm -hmm. it as immediate um, the challenge with the spores is that a small amount, a small percentage of people will have what would appear to be a negative reaction mm -hmm. when they first start taking it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a die-off reaction. Mm -hmm. Less people have it than you would think, but some people do have it. And you can't really say, I think this person's gonna have it. You mm -hmm. can have really, really sick people who do fine at the full dose. And you have people who otherwise look very healthy that when they start taking it, they get a loose stool or they get some intestinal cramping or something like that. So we recommend everybody just titrate them up. Mm -hmm. So the full dose is two capsules a day taken with or after a meal. So what we do with everyone is we start them on one cap every other day for a week, then one cap a day for a week, then two caps. Mm -hmm. If there's going to be a problem with the patient, they'll see it at the lower dose. It'll be more manageable. You can stop, you can wait it out. Or you can ride it out. Because right. a lot of right. times it's just like, you know, the patient will say, you know, I've got a little bit of a loose stool. It's not a big deal. I'm a little worried. I wanted to ask you about it. But if you say, I can fight through it, mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. and so, and then in five days, it's, it's typically gone. Mm -hmm. so, so that's how, and we've had, that's, that, that right there, that con, the context of that comment right there is the gist of who Microbiome Labs are, mm -hmm. right? We are clinicians, we are practitioners, frustrated mm -hmm. with the lack of impact that we're having for our patients. So we've gone out and created specific products that weren't in the marketplace. You know, we don't have a product for uh, reducing cholesterol, mm -hmm. right? We'll never have a product for reducing. Mm -hmm. Even though, if your microbiome's healthy, you'll synthesize cholesterol healthier. But, yep. but we, we'll never have a product like, this is for people with high cholesterol. There's enough of those. We're not going to be a me too company. We're not going to just do something because other people are doing it. Um, and and the, the whole idea around understanding how to work with Megaspore with a patient and coming through with the titration instructions is just an example of, of how we're different from all, all the other companies. Um, even looking at small intestine bacterial overgrowth, mm -hmm. we take a totally different approach to it. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody looks at small intestine bacterial overgrowth like, gotta kill it, gotta kill, kill, mm -hmm. kill. Most of the time, small intestine bacterial overgrowth is your good bacteria in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So, if you're gonna kill it, you're gonna kill it, you're gonna kill it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, not the best idea. We all have an inborn mechanism to prevent small intestine bacterial overgrowth. It's called our gallbladder. Mm -hmm. It's called bile production. Mm -hmm. So you eat your first bite of food and your, your gallbladder produces a bunch of bile and it cleanses all the bacteria out of your small intestine. That's why we all don't have small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Mm -hmm. So our focus was, well, why, why are we gonna kill the good bacteria? Let's just use this bio cleaner mm -hmm. to make sure that the good bacteria stays where it's supposed to be in the large intestine, not the small intestine. And keep your cholesterol down, right? And keep your cholesterol <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, right. there you go. 
Well, great. Um, let's see, if there's one thing that's most exciting about probiotics right now, what would it be? So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, the world we live in now is a different world than it was a couple years ago. And one of the hardest things that we're dealing with as a society right now is mental health. Mm -hmm. And so from my perspective, for mental health, the, that to be coming full circle now mm -hmm. and for us to be talking about the microbiome mm -hmm. and mental health. And so that's the, the lecture that I'm giving at the biohacking conference today in Boston is the gut-brain connection. Mm -hmm. and, and, and how do we restore balance between the gut and the brain, the gut being the second brain, because that's critical for um, health, but what we're seeing when we don't have that good connection, we're seeing weight gain, we're seeing a sluggish feeling and, a, and fatigue, and we're seeing anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And so, and now we're seeing that if we can restore that connection between the gut and the brain, then we've got ourselves a hack for anxiety and depression. So how do we do that? So it's interesting, there's two different components that are driving this, mm -hmm. right? So what we have is we have two brains, our gut and our, and our brain, our central, central nervous system, the brain and spinal cord. And then we have the enteric nervous system in the gut. There's more nerves in the gut than there is in the, in the rest. Um, and so that second brain is in constant communication via the vagus nerve mm -hmm. with, with the brain and giving information about what's being consumed and different processes that are going on in the digestive tract, immunologically, everything. So when those become disconnected, there's a number of reasons why that could be. Just being in a pandemic for two years is enough to yeah. disconnect the gut and the brain. But there's other things that, that can cause that. But when it's disconnected, there's, there has to be a twofold approach because remember the LPS story I told mm -hmm. you earlier? Well, LPS is part of what drives the inflammation mm -hmm. that creates the imbalance in the nervous system that mm -hmm. expresses itself as anxiety and depression. Absolutely. So we've got to stop the gut mm -hmm. from spilling poisons into the into the system, mm -hmm. causing the, the problem. Or just inflammation in general. Right. Yeah. And so, and then that's the next piece mm -hmm. because the next piece is the proteoglycans mm -hmm. that are able, these are important for the development of our personality. We know all this really cool stuff about proteoglycans, but what we're seeing is that it's a critical piece to reconnect that gut and brain. Mm -hmm. and, and what it does is, and now we're gonna end up getting into the COVID conversation with this every time, but <laughs> what happens is when you have tryptophan, trip, mm -hmm. tryptophan, mm -hmm. and tryptophan in a healthy patient gets broken down into serotonin and eventually mm -hmm. melatonin. And that creates calm, sleep, rest. When we have dysfunction in that breakdown, when the tryptophan gets broken down into chyrenic uh, acid, um, that then you have an excitotoxic response mm -hmm. by the body. Mm -hmm. So now you've got agitation, can't sleep, yeah. um, and you've got the anxiety, mm -hmm. depressive. So these proteoglycans are critical to ensure that tryptophan gets broken down into the healthy side of that equation, not the unhealthy side. And one of the things we know about COVID long haulers is that they have poor tryptophan metabolism. Mm -hmm. That's not 
that's not a functional medicine thing. Mm -hmm. That's science. The science yeah. of COVID shows that patients with poor outcomes and patients that are long haulers have poor tryptophan breakdown. So how do we support proteoglycan production in the body? The only way I know how to do it is to take a probiotic. Um, there's a particular strain of bacteria that has, like when you look at bacteria under an electron microscope, they look like rods, mm -hmm. right? But this one bacteria, it looks like a rod covered in hair. And what's that strain? The proteoglycans. Um, so that's the 1714 strain mm -hmm. of from from Microbiome Labs. It's a it's a lactobacilli. Mm -hmm. um, we're reclassifying it mm -hmm. now, but it, it was a, we were calling it a, a Lactobacillus ruteri. Now mm -hmm. it's a different subspecies of Lactobacilli. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. But the point is, is that we're not conferring a probiotic benefit with mm -hmm. this probiotic. What we're doing is supplying proteoglycans mm -hmm. to make sure that the uh, breakdown of tryptophan is, is on that healthy mm -hmm. spectrum. Um, so so we're, we need the spores mm -hmm to prevent the LPS spillage, and we need this ruteri strain uh, for the proteoglycans to shift the tryptophan breakdown. That is the, the hack for anxiety and depression. Interesting, so did you come out with a product that had both of those into one? So you can't because the, um, the, the proteoglycan product is very unstable. And anytime you mix it with something else, it's problematic. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you need so such a high volume of it. Mm -hmm. So if we were to mix it, say mix it with the spores, you'd end up having to take like four capsules a day mm -hmm. of the spores and yeah. and there'd be some stability issues, mm -hmm. not with the spores, but with the um, with the other bacteria. So so they have to be in, in two different bottles. Okay. Yeah. But both are available through Both are available. The Zen Biome suite of products is, is where you would get the proteoglycans and and the uh, uh, megaspore where you would get the spores. Very fascinating. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. It was great. I learned so many things. So thank you so much. And we'll end up here for Core Perform Live. Thanks, guys, for joining.